All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Eddie Lonnick and shout out to Red Light Crew. Hey, you're one of 12 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. Yeah, you know what the... To find that uh, uh, better, um, I think the key there is. I just lost my trend of thought. Hello, welcome to episode 146 of Nation Real Life. I'm Tyler Yurumchuk, Bag Milk, Jay, Wanye. Everyone is in the building except for Chalmers, who's skipping this one out. Um, very exciting episode of Nation Real Life as well, as we will have a big time Mary Brown's pop in, which is brought to you by. Mary Browns and their bite-sized morsels of 100% breast meat, chicken-coated in Mary seasoning, served hot, crispy, and so yummy. You can even choose Thai for a kick of sweet heat. And talking about bringing a kick to something, that's what Zach Stortini did in his time with the Edmonton Oilers, and now he'll be bringing that same kick to the Nation Real Life podcast. Uh, everyone excited to talk to the former Oilers enforcer? More like, a, more like a punch, like Mary Browns gives you that flavor punch with the sweet chili heat. Yeah, that probably would have been a better way for me to spin it, but I didn't. Yeah. Oh, kicking is a, kicking is a suspendable offense. Yes, um, Zach Cassie or Zach Stortini. Wow, don't I'm, say that to him. I know. I key. I have Zach Cassian on the brain he after last night's kick, game. Buddy, watch out. Yeah, uh, Zach Stortini. Excited to have him on. We'll uh, we'll get to that in about 15, 10, 15 minutes time. He's he's gonna hit us up. On the on, Roadcaster 3000? On the Roadcaster Pro. Nice. Oh. Gave, him, gave him the old number. Hopefully we don't rack up too many long distances. Oh, it has distance. a phone number. Well, it's just my phone number. Oh, shit. Look at you. I would love to just randomly call the Roadcaster and see what it has to say at 2 a.m. ghost answer? Yeah. <laughs> uh, down in this basement? Probably. Oh, yeah. Um, we're also speaking of long distance minutes. Stortini today and former Oiler for a very brief time. Sebastian Bissalion, yeah. Friday on Oilers Nation Radio, calling us all the way from France. How the hell did oh. you line that up? Uh, someone at Sherwood Ford, Drew at Sherwood Ford, yeah. knew him and heard us joking about him on the podcast and was like, he'll do it. Tyler's like, basically right. been talking about Sebastian Bissalion for months. I love him. His only two games in the NHL were emergency call-ups while he was in junior. It was. Can you imagine that feeling? You're like, oh my God, I'm like in junior, but getting called right up to the show. Uh, my career is going to be sweet. Never got a sniff at the NHL again, but is still playing pro hockey like 14 years later. It's a wild story. Um, So yeah, we'll talk to him on Friday. Today is all about uh, Zach Stortini. Um, But before we get to him, the game last night, what did everyone think? I don't know if games can get any more boring than the style of play that the Arizona Coyotes have going right now. They remind me of the Jacques Lemaire Minnesota Wild trap in the neutral zone. Yeah, they and they come at you with speed. They don't really let you breathe too much. 
No, and it's when you look at their lineup on dailyfaceoff.com, uh, it's four forward Were units. Were you talking to the pillar when you said that? I was just doing a little. <laughs> doing a little. Away, you're like, dailyfaceoff.com, like looking cool in the mirror, but it's a pillar. Anyway, it's just doing a good. This is why we need for to video the podcast. Anyways. No one wants to watch me do this. Um, that would have been good. That would have been funny. Anyways. They have four forward lines who all look even. Like, there's no, like, Kessel and Keller maybe are, like, their star power, but they're on lines one and three, and just everything just seems... Schmaltz is all right. Yeah, but what is he, a 55-point guy? Like, that's not exactly star power. I would say even Kessel didn't do very much last night. Yeah, Um, but they're just... They're a very vanilla team, but they know how to win. Like, they're going to make a serious push for the playoffs just by being vanilla and playing a good system. Exactly. They're They're just a team of, like energizer bunnies uh and they just don't give up and they just put pressure put pressure you know cough up you know force you to cough up pucks or make bad quick decisions and i guess end up capitalizing like the shitty thing about last night is that's a game we should have won uh we had a bad save or not save by Koskin in there like Mm. like, horrible like that's that's just goaltending 101 like I, like I know he's been having a good year but like that's a big lapse and that was a costly costly Brutal. lapse because that, that that's a I, I can I can live with the high glove um Soderberg goal even though Pearson you know did that soft dump in that was easily you know picked up by Soderberg and and then basically just carried Pearson down with him on the wing and then scored like I'm fine with that I can live with that that Costin and one should not have gone in, but you know I was happy to see the boys bounce back and stay in a game like that. In a game like that, and still creating a lot of shots and chances, like it just tells me like we're a different team. The fact that you know that we stayed in the game even though these guys are just constantly putting us under pressure. Uh, so like a lot of positives, but like that's just a game we should have won. Like we we played well enough to win. Yeah, the third period, I thought they almost could have won the game in the third period. Never mind, just tie it up. Um, I don't want to get too much into the officials and sound like a homer, but they were they not were very terrible. The only one ref called a penalty. It was the one ref who called all the penalties that night. Number twenty-four. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it yeah. Rick was really mad at him on Rick Twitter. Was very vocal. Rick had half the section <laughs> laughing because he was going after the ref so hard. Oh. Nice. Sitting at a game with Rick is an experience, buddy. I had such a good time last night. Very little to do with the actual game. Of course. First of all, we sit down and we're on the row and these are Rick seats. So they're good seats. And like a British pop synth act or something had the seats next to us. These two people walked in. They were dressed to the nines, but from like four years in the future from fashion. So the guy's like a fur coat on and his nails are painted. And he's got like the John Lennon glasses on and a bowl cut. And then his female counterpart, who's clearly in the band too, has the exact basically same outfit on in girl mode. And they sat down with their manager. So they don't know anything about hockey. As the game goes on, they're getting kind of drunk and having like a better time and stuff. And then their manager just hands them her phone and goes, okay, time for Insta Live. And they're like, all right. And then they've got the phone up. And they're like, hi, Brian in Boston. Hi, Dave in Chicago. And then I'm watching the chick beside me, like posting her stories. Like, I'm a Canadian hockey. Please kill me. And she's bored. But then as the <laughs> night goes on, she starts having more fun. Then Rick goes off on a rant. And the lady just pulls the phone out and is like, streaming back live to all the hipster fans, Rick losing his absolute shit on the referee. So Rick could be famous in England right now. Yeah, yeah. He's huge in England, actually. For sure. And then also, I saw Pomeranian at the game. So down in the corner, like the guy one row off the glass has a Pomeranian dog on his lap. So everyone, like, I make a big fuss. Look, everybody, look. Look at the dog. And everyone there. And then at the end of the intermission, he's at the top of the section. He had, like, 30 people trying to crush on him. So mm-hmm. if he had that as, like, an anxiety-reducing dog, the crowd and the attention the Pomeranian brought to him totally backfired. If you just wanted to see if you could get a dog into yeah. the arena, bravo. No, that's just <laughs> A-game. He knows He knows d- dogs are the ultimate wingman or wingwoman or wing animal. I assume that's why the guy didn't show up in the third. It was, like, 800 women took him home simultaneously, and they just carried him out. <laughs> On their shoulders. I was going to say that gave me a great idea. I've got a very handsome dog that is now going to be my anxiety dog. You should contact the Oilers in advance. Do you think he could sit through a game? No. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I think he'd be chasing him the whole game. This Pomeranian was chill. Like, it just sat there along the glass. Like, and I was watching because someone, like, smoked a guy right in front of them and thinking the dog's going to wiggle. Nope. Yeah, Frank's on Hmm. speed, basically. He wouldn't sit there. He'd be like, fuck this shit. I'm out. Based on Frank's picks, maybe you could get him a media pass. He should have a media pass. (laughs) How hot is he? Uh, he's eight and eight right now. He's at right at five hundred. Uh, 
Let's guess that. Better than me picking things this year. Yeah. he Frank does have a better record than you. You should let Frank do your pregame podcast betting picks. I'll just well, lay it. You should it. actually try that for a week. No, because I would just, against Frank. It only ends embarrassing for me. Of course. That's great. <laughs> All that knowledge outpicked by a dog. 100%. Also, something I want to get to. Yesterday, for the first time ever, I hopped in on a beat cast on Instagram. Ooh. And holy shit. That is the funny. I was laughing my ass off the whole time. It's basically just bag milk and a couple of thirteen-year-old kids <laughs> on Instagram. It's so you had to kick the one kid off because he said he was. Hey, man! It's twenty nineteen, and if you're fucking around in my B cast. I will punch you. What do he do? Oh, he's getting you know slightly homophobic comments. From he said he said Connor McDavid's goal was sexy, no homo. And I was like, hey, man, we can't be having that Why, shit. You can't say no homo. That's a disclaimer. Not twenty nineteen. You can't. Nope. nope. Wow. So Ryan was gone. He's like in the comments being like, please let me back in. Oilers Nation, please. I want to come back. My mom's outside uh, the room. Well, one oh, kid. Hopefully he learned a valuable lesson. One kid hops on the like live chat with Bag Milk and he's going, hey, how's it going? And Bag Milk is like, Whoa. damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. 903. <laughs> Government name. Government name. Edit that out. But one oh, kid hops on. Oh, that's a good photo. Yeah, that's, just a hot off the presses. Nation Dan just got a photo with... Neon Leon Drysidle. Oh, and he's wearing the shirt. Uh, Isn't that neat? That is looking wow. good. Excellent. Do you know if he brought sticks to get signed? I am not sure, actually. What'd you say? What'd you point to the wall for? I'm, I'm pulling out your M chuck and I'm talking to just objects oh, in so the you don't uh, studio. About that. Well, I know it's a conversation for. Oh, we're not just talking off the top of our heads on the podcast anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All we're right, following fine. structure. <laughs> There's a lot going on right now. Um, but, anyways, this kid's like whispering on the beat cast. And Bag Milk goes, are you not supposed to be on your phone right now? Are you supposed to be in bed? And the kid goes, yeah, yeah, I am. And he did the whole thing whispering with you. It was hilarious. That's awesome. I'm raising the youth of the city. You are. I feel like it's my job to make sure that these kids are raised right. You're the human form of TikTok, I believe. 100%. I went on the pot, the beat cast the other day, and it was super dark where I was. And so I'm talking, and then my girlfriend's in the background saying my government name. And I'm like, <laughs> gotta go, Bag Milk. My mom's calling me. And then I hung up. She's like, Bitch, I'm your mom for it. Me, 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 me. That's a great impression of her. Oh, yeah. She's screechy. <laughs> I'm It's fun to do, though. It's honestly like it's a good time to do the post game show and just have the interactions with various people because it's live, that form. Matt, who knows who the fuck's coming in? You yesterday, can't screen. Yeah, no, you can't screen at all. Yesterday, it's some dude on his porch smoking and with <laughs> drinking eggnog and rum. Yeah, and he just like gave his takes on the game and then invited himself here, I think, to yeah. drink rum and do a podcast with us. And we yep. were like, but it's hilarious. It's all hilarious. I'm I'm a avid beatcast fan now. I'm gonna join you every single time. It's my new thing. Tyler was nude. I was nude. Yet he would not share the sweet nudes with our fans. Wow. With, with the nation, I should say. So you just look like neck nude? No, I, I was just, it was completely black. He I was, was going to bed. Straight teasing us. Straight teasing. Do you think sooner or later something sexy might happen on your beach? I hope cast? so. Uh, if you catch my drift, wait. yeah, it's going to happen. You just think, get ready for the, uh, the Barney. Nudity photo. has entered the chat. I feel like there's got to be a time when I get something. You, you should be able to preview it. Like, that's weird. You have to think all our tweets, all our posts on Insta, never a single girl saw any of it. Like, sooner no. or later, that shit has to change. No, as far as I know. By accident, at least. Well, just by, like, statistically speaking, yeah. a girl should have heard of us by now. There was once on Snapchat, when we were more active on Snapchat, where there was a lady who sent in um, some highlights. <laughs> mm. Once upon a time, mm. that was the only time I can remember. Were they Oilers-themed? Uh, nope. They were... Um, life-themed. They were life-themed. <laughs> they were in the wild. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Shout out to her. I that goes in the blogging hall of fame Absolutely. in Cleveland, Ohio. And we stopped Snapchat. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Have you gotten anything like that on TikTok? I don't know how Whoa, TikTok no, works. No, so. no, no, no. Easy. No, no, no. What's TikTok? a TikTok count to? Uh, we are at over 1,700 followers right nice. now. Nice. I'm very happy about it. The problem is I don't understand what is allowed and what is not allowed on TikTok. Mm -hmm. We get things removed for violating community guidelines, but for no real reason. They're just vanilla pieces of content. There's, but yeah, something. So I'm still navigating the rules. However, I am having a great time. The thing with TikTok though, and I will readily admit, I can lose hours on that thing. Really? Absolutely. The weirdness, just the general oddities of people and the things they're posting there. 
is fascinating. I follow an Instagram account about TikTok, so I'm starting to like inch my way over. And that TikTok highlights, it's like Vine. I don't understand how Vine can go out of business, but TikTok can flourish. They're like, we need Vine, but we need tunes. And yeah. Like, yeah. It's smart, though, that they've licensed the world's music because I think right? that like it gives you a better platform to express yourself, right? All the little dancing and shit's hilarious, but you need the music. 100%. And I'm learning about what the tunes the kids are into because I'm always playing around in the trending music. Right Megan now. the Stallion. Absolutely, man. Everything's great. She gets it. Everything's great. Do you think Zach Stortini's ever been on TikTok? Absolutely. Too old. Not like us. Well, it's funny because I was talking about it in the meeting today. The new thing on TikTok now is kids are posting a lot of videos about people in their 30s invading their platform. It was like when Facebook got Ooh. to be the mom platform. And then they call you a boomer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what me and my other youths do. We go, hey, shut up, boomer. Exactly. Yeah. What is the social media level before TikTok? Is there one now or has TikTok still got that kind of on lock? There'll be a new one. I think it's of got course there'll be a new hey, one, hey but guys, I'm wondering guys. if it's already happening. Zach Stortini's calling, no so we got to bring him in. He doesn't want to talk about TikTok? <laughs> he might. He wants to interfere at TikTok. Zach Stortini is on the line. We'll get that set up. But first, let's hear from our good friends over at Jappa. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jappa Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at Jappa Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly. Jappa Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jappamachinery.com. Jappa Machinery Group. Join the family. Welcome back to Nation Real Life. We've got a Mary Brown's pop-in brought to you by Mary Brown's and their bite-sized morsels of 100% breast meat, chicken-coated in Mary's seasoning. It's served hot, it's served crispy, and it's served so yummy. And now they're serving you up. Our big guest of the day, it's Zach Stortini, former Edmonton Oiler, current assistant coach with the Sudbury Wolves. Uh, Zach, thanks for your time. How have you been enjoying the transition to coaching life? Oh, thank you very much for having me on, guys. And uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. I mean, it's uh, been a great opportunity to jump into uh, one of the premier organizations in the OHL and, and my hometown team here in uh, Sudbury. When did this opportunity come up for you? Uh, over the summer, I, I talked with uh, the head coach here, Corey Stillman, uh, about uh, joining uh, the, the Subbury Wolves organization and uh, had a lot of uh, great, great meetings with him, uh, talking with Rob Papineau, the GM as well, and, and Daryl Moxham, uh, the associate coach here. Um, you know, it seemed like a great fit. We're coming into uh, an organization with a ton of history, um, you know, family first organization and uh, a lot of great players uh, on the team right now. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun stepping into uh, this team. We'll get to your time with the Oilers and your come up to the NHL in a second. But throughout your playing career, did you always kind of have your eye on coaching? Was it always something you thought might be uh, might be an after playing career thing for you, or was it something that maybe you developed a, in, an interest in later on? Uh, you know, for for me, it's it's always been you know I enjoy myself in the moment, and and I was appreciative of where I was uh, throughout my career, and I was always focused on playing the game. Uh, it wasn't until uh, later on in my career uh, I was very fortunate to play for uh, Coach Mike Vellucci uh, in Charlotte, and uh, over the last two years, kind of discussing you know uh, what's next in in hockey as as you start to do as you get older in age, and uh, he has been uh, great you know for me uh, you know looking towards that other side of the game and, um, you know, allowing me uh, uh, a sneak peek, I guess, at the, uh, the goings-on in those back rooms. And uh, I'm so grateful for, uh, uh, for his insight and his help in this transition. Zach, what does it mean to you be able to start your coaching career in Sudbury where you played your four years a junior? It's an incredible honor and incredible opportunity. Not every time or any time you get to come back to your hometown and uh, like I mentioned before, uh, be a part of uh, one of the premier organizations in the OHL. Um, it's uh, a great experience, you know, to, to come back to, you know, where I started uh, uh, many years ago. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a great place, uh, um, you know, to, to be involved in. It's a great hockey community, and the people here are so passionate. Yeah, like like said government name off to edit that out like you just said <laughs> uh, you started your junior career in Sudbury when we hear a lot now when you talk about coaching hires and things like that the new generation of athlete you know the next mindset the way these young hockey players are being brought up how much different is the locker room with the kids in Sudbury now compared to when you played there 
it's different. It definitely is different. I mean, I think uh, culture in general, you know, not just in the game of hockey, has changed, has evolved, and uh, I've been very fortunate over the years, uh, you know, to see that uh, taking place and um, you know adapt with it as a player and and, and change with it. I think uh, um, that's a good thing to be able to do is to be someone who is able to adapt and change to uh, any situation. Um, you know, for the dressing room stuff, I mean, there's still uh, uh, that great camaraderie in that dressing room. You see how close guys are, and uh, that has never changed. Um, you know, but just uh, the different interests, like I guess you could say, uh, uh, so what guys like to do, uh, you know, maybe away from the rink. Um, you know, the, the commitment to the game is, is always there. That part hasn't changed, but uh, I think maybe the away from the rink, uh, recreational activities um, maybe are a little bit different than they once were. Now, now Zach, this is Jay here. On a, on, a, on a personal level, as a guy who played junior there, like I know when I go into my junior high school or high school now as a fully formed adult, I feel like a giant who's 100 years old. How does it go from being a guy <laughs> who played as a 16-year-old on a junior team to now being the coach of that team, like, do you feel like you're 900 years old? Like, and, and, and well, like, but like, I, I, mean, I, I you know, like, I mean that jokingly, yeah, yeah. but like, I just, I, it must be a weird feeling. Well, you know what? It's funny how things go. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where when you first start out playing junior as a 16 year old, when I was uh, with the Sudbury Wolves, you know, you're, you're so young. And then uh, by the end of your junior career, 19 years old, you're ancient, you know, the very next year you turn pro at 20 years old, you're just the youngest guy, you know, that they've ever seen kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it seems like it goes by so quickly. And, and last year I, I, I felt like I was ancient, you know, playing in the AHL with all these young guys coming out of junior and, you know, I, I felt like I was old, you know, and now coming back to, to coach, um, you know, I feel like I'm a young coach, you know, I'm, uh, you know, young and, and uh, you know, full of energy. I, I love the game. I love being around the game. I love the co- the competition each and every day, you know, uh, between the players that we have on our team for, you know, spots on our team and for, you know, our, our guys when they go out and compete in games, that, that part never changes. And I think that's what keeps you, you, you feeling young and, and uh, uh, enthusiastic. Um, and there's there's no replacement for that. Now, the, the Sudbury Wolf is still in you because you played junior for the, uh, for them. Like, when you're sitting on the bench, does that, like, does, does that junior, like, kind of kid in you jump out? Like, when you see a play, just, like, you just want to, like, activate and jump on the ice <laughs> and go back to, like, 17-year-old you to, like, rectify a situation like you would have? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does, you know, so uh, there's a couple of times this year that, you know, our players, uh, you know, they might have taken a, you know, a hit from behind or a dirty play or something like that. And, you know, I, I just feel like, oh, man, I wish I could just jump out there and, and stand up for him or do something for him, do something more than, you know, just stand here, you know, but uh, obviously I can't. And, and we're lucky that we have, uh, you know, great guys on this team here that stand up for one another and are, are good teammates that way. So, um, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel like I wish I could do more for them, but, uh, you know, they're, they're more than capable of taking care of themselves. You talked a little bit about fighting just now. In the NHL, you had 81 fights to your credit. They're all up at hockeyfights.com. You had 140 in the AHL. My question for you is, where is the future of fighting in hockey? Is that something that's going to continue, or how do you see that evolving? Uh, that that is beyond me, you know, for... A fan of the game, uh, I've always enjoyed that part of the game. I think it's uh, something that's always been a part of the history of the game, where guys who are competing and are battling, and it's it's, it's a part of a hockey play where guys need to settle their differences on the ice or stand up for a teammate or intimidate somebody into maybe not taking a liberty on a skilled player. Uh, so that they feel a little bit safer on the ice. I think that's something that's uh, a great competitive part of the game. Um, as for the the future of it, uh, obviously, obviously, sorry, obviously, everybody sees that uh, uh, dwindling um, and, and being weaned out of the game. Um, as to what's going to happen uh, further on down the road, uh, I'm not sure. Zach, like uh, Bagnok said, you got a lot of fights on your credit. Do you remember your first one? Do you, is there a story behind your first professional fight? <laughs> uh, my first professional fight, uh, yeah, uh, maybe nothing that remarkable. Uh, uh, I always remember my first uh, 
fight in junior. Um, I'd rather forget it, but, uh, you know, I tell all these young guys, um, you know, sometimes you have good ones, sometimes you don't. And, uh, it's just about getting back on the horse and, and, uh, uh, you know, continue to, to show up and, and battle in each and every night. So, uh, it's back in the day, uh, playing tier two coming out of, uh, minor Bantam at a cage on and, uh, pushing and shoving with, I guess, one of the toughest guys in, in the tier two junior league and, uh, having my cage pulled off and popped in the nose for a buddy nose. So, uh, that was, uh, a quick welcome to the league there, but, uh, um, you know, it's uh, one of those things that you, you learn and get better throughout your career. It's a skill like anything else. And uh, I've been very fortunate to have many players work with me um, over the years to, to help me improve that part of my game. And, um, you know, Troy Crowder and George LaRock and, uh, geez, Riley Cote, all these guys, uh, just to name a few uh, that come to mind right now, but uh, have helped me tremendously in, in that part of the game. As you were working your way through junior and you got drafted 94th overall in 2003, was there a moment kind of for you, whether that was in junior or later on, where you thought to yourself that you realistically had a chance of making the NHL and that it was going to be an option for you? (laughs) I think like any uh, young kid, you always dream about playing in the NHL. And um, when when you're a player, it's important to have that confidence and, you know, to not be denied. I know uh, you know, I've had people come up in, um, you know, my, my young youth career of, of saying, you know, the odds are stacked against you and just how difficult it is, but to never stop believing and, and to keep continuing to work hard each and every day, striving for your goal. And uh, I think, again, mentioning that uh, uh, I've had a tremendous amount of help throughout my career and uh, I wouldn't have been able to play any NHL games if it wasn't for yeah, you know, guys don't have enough time. There's not enough audio tape in, in your podcast. So listen to me list all the names of people that have helped me. But uh, I'm so grateful for all the all the people uh, in my life along the way that have helped me. And uh, you know, the old cliche of I like to thank my mom and dad. You know, it sounds so cliched and, and easy to say, but it's it's so very true. The hours that they sacrificed helping me uh, to obtain my dream. It's uh, I'm very fortunate, very lucky. Well, can, I, oh, so I just no. want to jump in. Just sorry, I know we we do a lot of like behind the scenes chatter here about who's going to next uh, ask the next question, and I jumped in and I disrupted the the, the balance here. But, <laughs> I'm surprised. I thought you guys would be fighting about it or throwing uh, fists over there. <laughs> it, it does get heated sometimes, but that makes for good podcasting. Good I content, guess. yeah. But yeah, I guess just, just on like giving thanks to everyone that helped you along the way. I think you've given thanks back with having a career that's 860 professional games. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm very lucky. You know, I'm very lucky to be able to have played for for that long, especially uh, you know the style of game that I've played, and um, you know that's uh, you know, and it's not just me doing that. I think that's you know everybody uh, you know throughout my career helping me. Uh, I know you guys are um, you know obviously with uh, the Oilers. Um, you know, and you follow them, but looking back and you, you know, you look at the guys who have helped me when I was with Edmonton, guys like, uh, Ethan Morrow and Steve Stales and Sheldon Surrey and Alice Hemsky, um, Jason Smith, you know, guys like that that are good character veteran leader guys. Uh, man, I, I know I'm leaving out a, a ton of guys, but you know, Fernando Prestani, Matt Green, you know, all these guys that are, um, not just great hockey players, but tremendous human beings that, you know, help out a, a young, guy um that's trying to make his way into the nhl and um you're always so grateful for for people like that helping you out talking a little bit about your career as an oiler as a guy who was an enforcer and playing in a town or a city like edmonton that is blue collar like you were loved you were a fan favorite because of the role (laughs) you played how much did it mean to you to just kind of have as much fan support as you did it's an incredible feeling it's uh one of those things that it's almost indescribable to have that kind of support from a great hockey town like Edmonton. Um, you know, I think you, you're able to see the different cities in the league and um, one of the most knowledgeable cities uh, for hockey is definitely Edmonton and uh, they're true, knowledgeable, passionate hockey people that, you know, care about the game and care about the people playing the game and to be able to be um, liked there in Edmonton is an incredible feeling. Um, it's a part of my life that I'll never forget. I wanted to throw this at you. There was another one of those confidential NHL player polls released today. And once again, Edmonton was kind of third on the bottom of places players don't really 
like going. Do you think sometimes it gets a bit of a bad reputation by players who have never maybe played here or maybe just don't know the city that well? Um, yeah, I can't speak for anybody else. I'm, I'm sure, you know, it wasn't a, a full sampling as to, you know, who would want to or who wouldn't want to play there. Um, but if anybody was ever asked me, and I've always been asked, you know, favorite places to play, and never, uh, every time I answer, Edmonton's at the top of the list. I mean, the amount of passion that uh, is in that city for hockey, and it's a great place to play. It's a great place to live, a uh, great community to be a part of. Um, it's a, it's a, truly a wonderful spot to be. So I've always enjoyed my time there. I still have friends uh, in Edmonton that I stay in touch with, and uh, I look forward to visiting the city uh, any chance I get. Zach, you mentioned Alish Hemsky as somebody that helped you along. As we were getting prepped for the interview today, I heard a little story about when you guys were playing credit card roulette <laughs> in your rookie season, and I was hoping that you could just tell us that story so that we get it firsthand. Yeah, well, I, I talked about that with uh, Jason Strudwick, who, again, uh, I knew I was going to do this, but uh, uh, I always leave somebody out, and, and that's one of those guys that, you know, Jason Strudwick is uh, an incredible guy. Um, to be able to play with him uh, was, an, was an awesome experience, something that's changed my life uh, for the positive, for the better. Um, you know, and, and he gave me a call, and uh, we kind of, you know, uh, had some reminiscing over some good, stories over the years and, and one of the ones you brought up was uh, you know we go for a team dinner and, and guys are ordering you know a nice meal and uh, after just being called up um, you know you play that credit card roulette game everybody puts their uh, credit card in a hat and uh, the last one chosen uh, that credit card you know is used to pay the bill and uh, you know I was <laughs> sitting there sweating bullets and you know as it starts getting down near the end you're going Oh no, it could be me. You know, I didn't get that early poll and, you know, I'm like, I've only been up for a little bit. You know, I don't have that kind of money in the bank account. I'm in, I'm in real trouble here. So I think, uh, Alice, uh, has kind of seen that, sense that, and when mine was pulled last, uh, you know, I, I was terrified. He came over to me nice and nice and quietly. And I don't know if anybody else knew he did it, but, um, you know, I, I think it's important that everybody realizes, you know, what an incredible guy he is, uh, what a classy guy he is. To, uh, to come over like that, bail me out of that situation. Uh, you know, took the full full check and, and paid for it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, grateful for uh, him looking after me, uh, you know, away from the rink and, and uh, at the rink, you know. So that's, uh, he's a good teammate through and through. That's, that's awesome. And we all know that we play that game because we know we're not going to lose. The credit card. Game. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's no way I'm going to lose. I'm going to play. It's like, what, yeah, one in 10 chances? Yeah, in your favor. You would think so. I know. But when you but lose. Everybody's, you know, yeah. everybody's doing it together as a team. You know, I wasn't going to, uh, you know, you got to be a part of the team. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah, the way it goes sometimes. You, maybe that was a welcome to the NHL moment off the ice for you. But what about on the ice? Was there one moment, whether it was lining up against a guy, dropping the mitts with someone, uh, was there a welcome to the NHL moment that really stands out in your brain on the ice? Um, off the top of my head, I, I always will remember, you know, my first NHL game, my first NHL goal, uh, first NHL fight. I mean, those are things that stand out. Uh, um, there was, uh, um, another, you know, I hate to keep doing this, but, uh, embarrassing story where, uh, in warm up, uh, uh, we are doing that three on, uh, old drill where you, you know, break out, regroup, come back in kind of thing, take a shot before, uh, uh, you know, the next part of the warm up uh, proceeds. And, uh, uh, I was playing a rebound in the crease and my stick got stuck in Dwayne Rolson's skate, who was our starting goalie at the time. And, uh, I was panicking, trying to get it out. And he says, take your time, you know, get your stick out. And, uh, you know, just how nice and calm he is. Uh, you know, I was so nervous, you know, one of my first games in the NHL, you know, just trying to do all the right things. And, uh, the amount of patience, somebody like that, you know, a, a veteran of, I don't know how many NHL games at the time, uh, uh, he's already played, but, uh, you know, a, a true classy guy, um, you know, just uh, easing me into uh, an NHL game like that. Couple more things for you, Zach, before we let you go. Uh, Oilers Nation at the Nation Network here. We also run hockeyfights.com, which is why we've been asking you a lot about your life as an NHL enforcer. Just looking at your fight card, the player you fought the most, I don't know if you knew this, but it was Darcy Hortichuk. You scrapped with him five okay. times. Martin Lapointe, Chris Barch, George Peros, four times each. Was there a player around the league that you viewed as a little bit of a rival to you? Was there someone who every time you saw they were on the other side, you're like, yep, we're going tonight? 
I don't know. You know, I think it's uh, one of those things that was game by game. Um, you know, there's tough customers on on every team, and uh, um, you know the, the names that you you know mentioned there were uh, definitely uh, tough competitors. You know, it's uh, you know somebody you always had to be prepared to play against every night, and um, you know it's uh, it was always a, a hard fought battle when when you dropped the gloves with those guys. So. Um, I don't think there was, you know, one individual specifically, but, uh, you know, anytime you, you see those teams coming through and look at the rosters and seeing those guys on there, uh, I had a pretty good feeling that at, at some point, you know, there might, there might be, uh, uh, you know, a fight taking place. Now, of those 81 fights that you had in the NHL, which is impressive, and as a, as, as a person who loves that style of game, like, well done. Um, no, thank you very much. And, I appreciate and, and, that. And, you thank know, there's you. there's bad fights and there's good fights. Uh, you know, some that go in your favor and some that don't. But like, what is one of the 81 in the NHL where you're like, I just beat the wheels off that guy? Like, which like is there one Got that the crowd like going and yeah. all that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, the way I remember it, I won every fight and uh, <laughs> it was all, uh, my TKO perfect record. You know, so, no. <laughs> Uh, just built around, you know, every every competitor is tough. I mean, uh, anytime you fight somebody in the NHL, it's just somebody who, uh, you know, is a tough competitor, somebody who's tenacious and uh, battles hard. Uh, there's never an easy one. Um, and uh, a lot of times, uh, if you get the better of somebody, uh, there's going to be a, a rematch uh, not too, not too uh, long in the future. So um, everybody is... Uh, uh, you know, a tough competitor at, at that point in, in, in their level. Getting back to your coaching, your new coaching career here for a second, Zach. Um, now you're on the other side of the bench where you're helping players move to the next stage of their career. Is there a coach or coaches that you are kind of modeling your style after as you are working with these young kids? Um, you know, I think uh, for the most part, uh, I been fortunate enough to be an older player on the team the last couple of years uh, with a lot of young players coming in uh, and transitioning into this role of, of helping players, uh, you know, develop and find their game and, and uh, you know, both on and off the ice feel comfortable uh, in the game of hockey. And, um, you know, to say specifically one coach, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm, I think I'm more, you know, myself, my personality um, and, and uh, you know, I take bits and pieces from, you know, a lot of the great coaches I've had over my career. Um, I've been very fortunate to play for uh, many different teams and have uh, many different coaches to play for. And, uh, you know, I try to steal, you know, all the best from them, you know, whether it's uh, their style, their system drills, uh, or just the way they, they, they talk with the guys or, or dealt with me, you know. So, um, you know, for me, it's about uh, stealing the best from all the best coaches that I've had. I remember when we had Matt Cassian on over the summer, and he talked about how you get to be an enforcer in the NHL, and sometimes the everyday fan just complete starts to completely disregard your hockey skill. Cassian talked about that a bit, where he would make a nice play, <laughs> and sometimes people are like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. And he's like, well, what the hell do you mean? I made the NHL. Obviously, I have skill. Um, I was wondering, like, as an assistant coach now, what are your areas of expertise? What are the areas that you think are like your strong suits that you can pass on to these kids? Um, for For... You know, what I can bring, I think I'm more of, a, um, you know, somebody that they can lean on, uh, talk to, uh, um, you know, maybe to get a, a, a different perspective sometimes or, um, you know, uh, be positive uh, every every chance I get. But, uh, um, you know, for, for a strong suit, I, I think I've always been a, a student of the game. I've always enjoyed learning as much as possible. Uh, I'm very lucky to be coaching under uh, Corey Stillman, who uh, has played over a thousand games and uh, is one of those NHLers that was successful through hard work and tenacity and uh, straight knowledge. I mean, he's, he's so knowledgeable about the game. So um, I, I'm in a great spot here to echo his message and, and help players uh, develop into good pros. And, um, you know, it's uh, uh, been a lot of fun so far doing that. You'll have to send a personal thanks to me to Corey Stillman for single-handedly winning me a hockey pool one year because <laughs> I picked him late, knowing, wondering why the hell is he still around. But, yeah, no, he was a hell of a player. But most important, you're in your coaching yep. career for the Sudbury Wolves. How are the Wolves doing this year? We're doing very well. We're uh, we're second in the conference right now. We uh, we got a lot of great players, as I mentioned before. Uh, uh, 
everybody should be watching out for uh, Quentin Byfield, who's yeah. going to be uh, a top pick in the NHL. He's uh, an incredible player to watch. Uh, there have a couple other draft eligible players in uh, Jack Thompson and uh, Isaac Phillips, uh, two great D men, uh, and a, a lot of great players that are going to be professionals uh, uh, shortly here soon. Uh, you know, got David Levin, uh, Macaulay Carson. Um, you know that are, are, are great pros. Um, you know that are playing here as their their overage year. Um, you know you could be seeing them. Might hopefully come up through the ranks uh, shortly. Got a couple uh, Carolina draft picks. Uh, uh, Nolan Hutchinson, who went to Carolina camp, and uh, uh, Blake Murray was a Carolina pick. Um, he'll be uh, uh, you know showing up on on your radars uh, soon. I'm sure. Cool. Well, you know. I just want to take the moment here, you know, as Oilers Nation, we started this whole thing because we were, you know, we're diehard Oilers fans. And, you know, you were a big part, you know, of me me growing up being an Oilers fan, you know, watching you was a big part of, you know, being an Oilers fan. And, you know, we still see in Edmonton a lot of Stortini jerseys at games walking around, you know, like you left your impact <laughs> on the awesome. silly. So, you know, we, we do want to say, you know, thank you for being an Oiler uh, and thank you for, you know, showing up and, and, and defending the you know the 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 crest and then the players that play with you know with that jersey on and you know it's it's just much love from us and you know we do appreciate you you know taking the time to chat with us you know internet you know bloggers if you will yeah. uh, we do you know this is a big deal for us to talk to someone like you so we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for you know just you know representing Edmonton you're still you know you know saying good things about the city and everything and that means a lot to us but you know. As a parting thing, I'm wondering if you got any kind of crazy story, you know, that doesn't have to be crazy or naming names that you could share with us as your time as an oiler, whether it be a funny story in the room or on the road, but nothing obviously incriminating, but just something to share with us to <laughs> leave us nothing to, incriminating. Leave us to, you know, walk away smiling with. <laughs> uh, you know, first of all, thank you very much for all the support. You know, uh, it means the world to me when, when people, you know, appreciate you know, things that I strive so hard to do. And um, I'm so lucky to have, uh, you know, the support of you guys. And, um, you know, for a funny story off the top of my head, I mean, there's there's been a ton, um, you know, jeez. Uh, Man, uh, that'd be something. Uh, just something you know, cool. I, maybe you know what? Maybe I'll have to save it. You might have to give me a call back. Uh, maybe that gets me back on your show. Uh, you know, sometime later this season, if, you, if you're hard up for a guest or something like that, maybe you'll give me a chance to come back on, and I'll, I'll be prepared with uh, a funny story for you. I like that. I like that. Setting up part two as a producer—that's the best thing I've heard all day. Thanks for your time today, Zach, <laughs> and uh, good luck with the Wolves for the rest of the year. Yeah, well, thank you very much. There we go. That's Zach Stortini, former Edmonton Oilers enforcer, current assistant coach of the Sudbury Wolves. I like that. He goes, yeah, I'll come back. Part two. Why not? That That guy just sounds like he has a heart of gold. Absolutely. He just sounded like, you know what, that was just a guy who loves the game. He loves the next stage of his career, and he seems super excited, and I was super pumped to talk to him. Of course, that was a Mary Brown's pop-in, which was brought to you by Mary Brown's, and their pop-in chicken bites, which are bite-sized morsels of 100% breast meat chicken, Coated in Mary's seasoning, served hot, crispy, so yummy. Also, don't forget, Big Mary's Mondays, three ninety nine plus tax gets you the Hero Chicken Sandwich, which are delicious. They are. Of course, this podcast would also not be possible without our good friends at Japa Machinery, who are currently right now having their end of season sale. It's a once in a blue moon sale. Eight and twelve ton packers at discounts of up to twenty thousand dollars. Additional options mean you don't pay until the end of the year if you can't do it. If you don't need the equipment until spring. They'll store it from you. Tons of stuff. 90-day powertrain warranties. Free end-of-season service as well. JappaEquipment.com or, uh, that's what I like about Jappa, just call them directly. 780-962-5272. And if you need somebody to show you how to drive the 8- or 12-ton packer, just let me know. Let me know. Have you actually done it? Absolutely. I've driven some stuff out there. Under heavy supervision. Absolutely. They. Uh... <laughs> I'm basically a pro, though. I think Marin just threw me keys and she was like bag milk go play in the yard and i'm like okay cool i'm gonna drive the 831 and they're like cool that's an excellent choice and i was driving around i was making very very advanced maneuvers very interesting Marin told me that uh she pitched the idea of maybe we go live at japa for a podcast one day i think we, we might try to line that up they have a golf simulator there yes they do really which golf they never use because they're yes, so busy we should have a nation real life long drive contest 
on the simulator. I would lose, and the guys at Japa know that I'm a terrible golfer. So yeah, that would be fun. Uh, yeah, it would be fun. Maybe or we should do that. contest or something. Oh, I'm very good at putting. Oh, sure. Japa doesn't say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, big thanks to Zach Stortini for stopping into the pod. That's a guy you can tell, like, Again, I, I kind of brought it up there as an aside, but like Matt Cassian talked about how enforcers get the reputation of all, they're just, for lack of a better term, they're big dummies to use his yeah. words. Right? They just go out there and fight and they're not good for anything. But Stortini's a guy who knows the game, man. And you could tell just by listening to him, like he's passionate about hockey. He's passionate about his new life as a coach too. Yeah, well, I, I just, I, I think it's just like, those types of guys are always like, they're just good personalities and whatnot. And he's just like a little energizer, but yeah. kind of, that energy kind of came across. Like he's just excited and happy to be, you know, he loves hockey, which is super cool to see. And like, I could just, I could honestly just talk to him about every one of his 81 fights. Like yeah. I would just, I just wanted to do that. I know we only had so much time. I just wanted to like drill down and be like, but uh, no, fuck, I just, uh, I got a lot of respect for enforcers. I also love the idea that he's starting a new path in hockey. He's obviously starting his coaching career and he gets to do it in his hometown where he played junior. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And he's a two-time Calder Ch- Cup champion. Yeah, we didn't bring that up with him actually. And maybe that'll be part two with Zach Stortini. Yeah. Um, yeah, Calder Cup champion. I think we need to sweat him about a second. Like, like really be like, how the hell are you in the NHL for 800 games and can't think of one cool story? I can tell you a cool story from today if I had to. Well, you, you normally, maybe you kind of prep, but maybe we should have given him a heads up. Well, like, that's why we sweat one. him with a second one. Or, like, maybe, had or maybe that was the angle we took just to get the second one. Maybe we should have encouraged him to incriminate somebody. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Hey, is there yeah. a teammate who you think could <laughs> maybe uh, benefit from some time in the Slammer, Zach? And who are they and what was the yeah. event? Who's the biggest piece of shit you ever met in the streets? Yeah, you know what I should have asked him? I feel like now when he got established in the NHL, the first thing he just spent dumb shit. Yes. On. I think when it's so mm-hmm. open-ended, like at the end there, he gave us nothing. I, he ruined his legacy for me. I love Zach Sartini, <laughs> but if you're not going to fucking tell us a cool story, what was the point? You made, what, $7 million? You got nothing to say? I think if you give him some framework like that, like yeah. what's the first thing you blew money on? What was like the first time you got in the team jet? Yeah. They brought you your meal at your seat and you're like, God damn, I'm not in Wichita anymore or whatever it was. Right. Like putting a little bit of, cause immediately their head goes to like, Oh, I can't talk about that. Absolutely. Oh, I can't talk yeah, about that's, that. That's oh, true. I can't talk that's about true. that either. Right. We'll, we'll formulate a structure for the next one so we can give us a bunch of cool reveals. I liked how you thanked him for being an oiler, though. I think that's a nice touch. And he was proud of being an oiler, too. And we talked to him about, how, like, you know, does Edmonton get enough respect around the NHL? Mm-hmm. It's like a destination to play in. But he's a politician, right? Like, I can't speak for anybody else. Like, I'd like you to speak for everybody yeah, right now. He's the only NHL player on this podcast at the present time. <laughs> yeah. Please speak for <laughs> but, all your But cohort. then he gave his personal assessment and views of everyone, which is, which is good. You know, like, hey, I, I heard what I wanted to hear. And as a fan, that's what I want. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you guys think about uh, that player poll that was released today where the Oilers were given the third worst yeah. city to play in on the road, but were also voted the best dressing visitor's dressing room? Yeah, so what I want to argue about that, and of course, we should, we're should. we top what, what dressing room, sorry? Number one. Number yeah. one. Fucking right. That needs to be downgraded immediately. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Bring in Tipton Arena's <laughs> visitor room uh, brick by brick and build it inside <laughs> Rogers. Someone, <laughs> one of the players said that. They were like, in Boston, it's like a it's a shit dump, and they're like, yeah. I think that works to their advantage because everyone's uncomfortable. I forget what city it was, but they said the showers in that city are just a pole in the middle of a room that sprinkle like water prison, everywhere. Prison yeah. Style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no, that's good. American that's, history. That's, that's gamesmanship. Maybe they're thinking of it as like a, a attraction mechanism. Who fucking knows? But my argument for Edmonton getting a poor review amongst mm-hmm. this group of 50 players that they polled is that I would like to know how often teams overnight in Edmonton and actually get to experience it. Cause we know people who kind of cater the NHL audience, if you will, when they're here at, in the nightlife <laughs> prostitutes, no, 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 not no, no. no just, a, we just don't know any prostitutes, nothing like Vera. And, no, no. And no, Vera would do a hell of a job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> should, should, hey. If you can afford it, of if, course. Well, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's bargain you, you, you can. Uh, <laughs> That's hot. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and we know, like, very rarely do you hear about the visiting team being out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that means they're not even really experiencing Edmonton. They just know Edmonton as a bus ride in, and now they're probably staying at the JW Marriott and just walking to the arena, which is which is amazing. They could mm-hmm. potentially never step outside in Edmonton so and like, stay here. And before they're just staying at the the Westin or um, 
uh, the, the Chateau, not Fairmont, the, the, the Mac, Mac. the Mac. Jesus Christ. Um, so the, they're they don't know anything about the city. They're not out and about and enjoying it like a tourist would, because they're not spending the night here or going. You know, yeah. I think their exposure to it's very limited. So I think it's easy to say, like, of course they're going to overnight in New York and do their rookie parties there or their rookie parties in L.A. and they're going to be like, oh shit, this is so awesome, and you know. I just think it's a little bit skewed because I don't think they get to see everything that we can offer. I don't give a flying fuck what the rest of the NHL thinks. What pisses me off is that, again, no Oilers come out in defense of the city. Well, maybe they just haven't been asked. Uh, Well, then somebody should ask them or they should, like, there has to be a counterpoint from the team. I think one of the problems, and I'm obviously very pro-Edmonton, good fan, big Mm. fan of Edmonton, but... We don't do a good job hyping ourselves. We don't mm-hmm. do a go- good job defending ourselves. And it's like this echo of like an inferiority complex. Like I remember when the Globe and Mail did the poll and it was like, you know, the worst place in the league to play. And not a single oiler came out and said, no, it isn't. Like, okay, Connor, I can understand because he's a statesman and he can't come out and do stuff like that. But like if you'd said that in the 80s with the Oilers, somebody like Messier would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? The other day I crashed a car and it sat there for a month and the police didn't even call me. This is a great place to play. Like I feel as though somebody on the team, if any oiler ever wants to become a legend in the streets, step up and give an interview where you call out the other guys and be like, he's wrong and people will love you. I just thought of that Bucky story where he, where he lent Doug Wade his car. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he, he lost it, up it on the globe. and it was on the, up on the stairs. I couldn't believe he told me. That was awesome. <laughs> but seriously, where the fuck are the Oilers? There's 23 guys on the team that are sitting there. If I worked for Delta Airlines and I woke up in the morning, it was like, Delta Airlines is the worst place to work. And I thought it was great. I'd be like, no, you're wrong. This is a great place to work. I just can't fathom why some players in the team who do love the city. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Oilers who enjoy it here. Oh, yeah. There's players like Connor McDavid who purposefully signed longer term because they believe in what's going on like the city here. Come out and say no. Yeah. It is interesting looking at the numbers. I've got the poll open uh, right in front of me. The road city you dread the most, 42% of the people spoken to said Winnipeg, 34% said Buffalo, 10% was Edmonton, 4% Calgary. So like, I understand Calgary, but... Yeah, Calgary's a shithole. Winnipeg and Buffalo huh. really take the cake here. And if you're reading the what people are saying about Winnipeg, it is not nice. Winnipeg, it's cold outside, tough rink to play in. It's just dirty. You walk around the city and you feel like you need to wash your face after you go outside. So nothing about it. Very exciting. Jesus. That's what a player said? Yeah. Winnipeg is just depressing. You don't even want to leave the hotel to get coffee. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people said Winnipeg, but I always like Winnipeg. There's stuff to do there. We're close to the casino if you want to go for half an hour or whatever. And then he adds, that guy also adds at the end of his quote, and there's always TSN on the TVs, which is great. <laughs> and then what percentage of NHL players thought there was a cocaine problem in the same poll? Uh, bear with me. I'll find that for you. 10%, 10% thought there was a cocaine so hold on. problem. What percentage don't like Edmonton? 10%. 10%. And what percentage don't think there's a cocaine problem? 10%. Oh, yeah. The numbers are off. Yeah, we don't have enough cocaine in Edmonton. No, is, no, is, no, is no. The... Given the league's approach to recreational drug use, does the NHL have a cocaine problem? Yes, 10%. No, Grant Fuhr. <laughs> no, 58%. I don't know, 32%. It kills me when you think about that making Coco documentary that like Grant Fuhr is really the only player that's ever been held to any sort of standard ever for cocaine. And Kuznetsov. And Kuznetsov. Oh, who got four, four games. Three, yeah, four, four games, games right? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. And he's been, oh, sorry, maybe it was three games. But three games four and years four years. Of international international band, so yeah. how many players are in the NHL? 23 times 31, roughly 650 it's like, players. It's, yeah, 650, 700. 60 players in the NHL in this poll, statistically speaking, think there's a cocaine problem, but one person's been caught. Well, the word problem is interesting because a lot of the guys that said no could have been like, I wouldn't call it a problem per se. <laughs> Just a sec, my coat dealer's calling. <laughs> yeah, Hello? Right. Yes, I'll take four times. problem. Fuck you. <laughs> you have a problem, that's right. writer of this poll, you dick. Yeah. I love that there's open-ended questions that you can read the answers to. What did somebody say it's mean about Edmonton bag milk? And they'll fucking lose it. No one said anything. Nobody nice. said it. The only thing that was negative about Edmonton is I feel like we always go to Edmonton in the middle of winter. It's because it's always the middle of winter oh, in Edmonton. Yeah. Well, and the hockey season is in the winter. It is? Yeah, I think it is. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder mm. if they'd like it more if they came here during the playoffs more often. Like oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. I wouldn't like coming yeah. to Edmonton either because that's where Connor McDavid eats you alive and sends you back home with a loss in your pocket. He 100%. ate Oliver Ekman Larson's lunch yeah. in so that game yesterday. Who did Dreisaitl shove with one oh, hand? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, God, he looked like a little bitch. He just yeah. throws people around like they're children. Oh, man, Dreisaitl, like, fuck me. Just get that guy into the playoffs, and he's going to fucking light it up. Well, he's already lighting it up. Yeah. But, like, like, Jesus, man, he he is. That guy, that guy, 
Like I'm in a pretty big, good deal at eight and a half schmill. Yeah, Peter. I'm, I'm mm. in a giant argument in my group chat amongst my friends about dry saddle, and obviously I am biased towards Oilers, but I actually believe I am almost right in this argument, and it is that I am saying dry saddle is the second at the current in the current moment, you know, in the NHL of the 2019-2020 season. Let me fucking frame this, everyone. That Drysdale is the second best player in the NHL right now. If you were saying it in that context, right now he's the best. I he's got the best better than Connor. I no got, one's playing better than I him got right submitted now. Submitted a list by my one buddy of twenty nine players he thinks could do. And he's saying, "Well, oh, he's playing with Connor. It's playing with Connor. Is no, it? it's right. no, no, oh. it's, it's scary. Oh. But uh, but it, it, that he thinks he could do, who could score just as much as Drysdale could uh, with McDavid. But they're not playing with McDavid. But, but, make, but it don't make no sense. No, I know, but they're saying, well, if Kucherov played with McDavid, th- he would be the same as Drysdale. So we're saying like, in an alternate scenario where we can just fucking musical chairs the lineups of the NHL, somebody else could be better than Drysdale. They're not. Well, it's a hypothetical. No, no, I know, yeah. but that's yeah. my back. It's my yeah. comeback. I, oh, I don't think so either because I don't think, like, it's maybe... Well, if Mario Lemieux played with Guy Lafleur, he would have had 140 <laughs> points that but maybe, year. Maybe two years ago, <laughs> as Dry was kind of emerging, maybe you could say yeah, McDavid has a huge impact on his performance, but... <laughs> Well, obviously I think, it helps. But, like, like yeah, McDavid scored that unreal goal, but that unbelievable backhand pass yeah. that got threaded through a needle to get to McDavid's tape, which Remchuk agrees with, Drysaddle is an elite backhanded passer. They brought Milan Lucic in to play with McDavid, and look how well that went. Not everyone can play with McDavid no. and... Yeah, and, and no one else ever says, well, David Pasternak plays with Bergeron and Marchand, well, so he's not good. And So all these guys are playing with good players. And then, yeah. granted, it's not McDavid, but, like... Who cares? Like, Drysdale is leading the league in points. He's got a bunch of points or goals that don't even have McDavid attached mm-hmm. to him. Like, you know what I like to think of? How the Buffalo Sabres drafted Sam Reinhardt ahead of Leon Drysdale. Even Florida taking Ekblad, man. Like, mm. if Aaron Ekblad wasn't a first overall pick, he'd be such an afterthought in today's NHL. You'd never hear his name at all. And right now, you rarely ever do. But Leon's the best player taken from that draft class. And it's finally did it. Well, and McDavid. Well, yeah, and McDavid. But that's hard, um, that's hard but not like, to take him. When Oilers fans, when they'll sit there and be like, oh, the Oilers fucking ruin careers. Look at Yakupov and whoever else. surprise you. PRV. Like, no, man, I, I don't think that's true. It's just a fact of, one, drafting is sort of a crapshoot, and two, point at Drysaddle because he's really fucking good. Yeah. So I just want to tell everyone my DMs are open. If you want to debate that Drysaddle is not second best in the league at the current moment, come fucking bring it because I am ready. Or if you're nude and look great, send Jay a picture. Mm. Just throwing that out there. Or if you want to see me nude, go on the Beatcast. Which I'm kidding, that's never happening. Um, this was well, never get happening. Get my viewers up. I need more viewers, Tyler. Do it for the team. Do All it right. for the team. Hashtag um, team. You know who I was feeling sorry for when Stratini was talking was Hemsky. Like Hemsky, there's so many nights. Alex Hemsky was the only Oiler of any caliber of skill. There are so many nights where he was just getting destroyed in the corners. I feel like if like Hemsky could be brought, talk about hypothetical line combinations. If Alex Hemsky 2003 played for the Oilers in 2019, no wait, he started in 06. If Alex Hemsky's 2010 played, he, he'd be this team would be so much. He'd be such a good player. Fuck. I should have asked him how much that bill was too. I wanted to, but I didn't want to like him to be like, oh, it was fifteen hundred dollars, and then make it feel bad. Yeah, in my head, I'm thinking like ten grand. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping like or, twenty-three players, or a good restaurant, like thirty-seven grand. Like, pull. I bet you two G's in food, probably eight G's in booze. You think eight G's in booze? They're gonna be drinking like, bring me a shot of eight hundred dollar tequila yeah, man. and bottles of wine. Top shelf. Yeah, top all shelf of- all day. I bet you the whole bill in total, booze and food, was like thirty-two hundred. What? Well, it's very specific. No, it, no, we don't no. know how many of the teammates were there, too, which is actually if, an interesting wrinkle in this. Yeah. I'm thinking like 10 guys. I saw one time in Dallas. Remember when we went for sushi after the game? Yeah. That was one of like the most amazing things I've ever seen in a restaurant. We went to out for sushi with some of the mm-hmm. stars, and guys were just like ordering three things on the menu and like a drink yeah. a day. Like, I was fucking crazy. It's like <laughs> the story about Kanye West going and having lunch with... Uh, who was the comedian bag milk that Kanye West went and had lunch with and he was talking about it and he said Kanye ordered like 10 things on the menu and had a bite out of each one and then left them with the bill. Oh, that's boss. Oh, it's the guy with the big teeth from SNL that uh, was uh, dating all the hot chicks. What? Oh, uh, Pete, Pete Blackburn. Yeah, yeah. Pete he went over dinner Pete with Kanye. Pete Blackburn, the Bruins writer. Pete Davidson, fuck. yeah. Uh, that's, how I, that's how I kind of imagine like a team rookie meal is like Kanye ordering half the menu and having a bite out of each. Well, the the team din- or the, the rookie dinners for sure are in like the thirty, forty, fifty $50,000 range. For sure. And that's why they do money on the board to pay for these things. Yeah, I, I don't think there's ever enough money on the board 
to cover those types of expenses. Did but you they see the money on the board before the Stars home opener? It was only it was like three grand. No, that was Which from a just a money, random but... game with uh, when Dirk Nowitzki was reading out the lineups. There's yeah. another picture that got leaked out of this is them on their home opener when George Bush was there, and someone has like ten grand on the board. There's a whole bunch of a thousand, five thousand, three thousand. Oh, is like George that. Bush in the dressing room there? Yeah, George Bush is right there. George Bush. It's um, funny how history's remembering him as like a kindly grandpa now. Hey? Yeah, it's like, oh, he wasn't so bad. Like, oh, man, we've had like way worse than Sam. He's all right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I think this was one of our best real life, well, since I joined. Um, wow. I, I, I think it was really good. I liked Stortini. I thought Stortini gave us good answers. Good job getting Stortini. We had some uh, we yes. had some Oilers content as well. Shout out to the Sudbury Wolves for helping us hook this up as well. Um, it was good. We need we now need to keep digging through the OHL and find more Oilers who are coaching and yeah. managing. And we yeah. should take the talk about fighting that he had, and we should repackage that and put it on hockey fights yeah, too. Because I do. Like we a, do. You do? Yeah, we do that whenever we have the guests on that talk Solid about fights. Fucking gold boys. It right over there. It is working. I'm do just, a couple of posts. I just want to send out some some good juju to the hockey universe tonight. I really hope that the St. Louis Blues have a very exhausting game in Vancouver mm-hmm, tonight mm-hmm. Uh, and squeak out a win um, and come here exhausted, already feeling good that they're doing good on their West uh, Coast, you know, road trip with a victory in Vancouver, and you know, give us the win tomorrow. And I want to encourage everybody to go to OilersNation.com and find the information for our Calgary trip for January 11th. We go down to Calgary for the Battle of Alberta. We're going to have two buses this time. Two buses. We're going to have a bunch of fins. Speaking of fun, how was the party this weekend? It was great. So we had a brunch party this past Saturday at the brew house in Lewis Estates. Yep. It was a free event this time. Yeah. No tickets required. We just invited everybody to come watch the hockey game with us. And it was a packed house. Again, the nation stepped up. Unbelievable. Only a way that the nation can. Great. When I heard that we had two brunch parties in October, or effectively October, I'm yeah. like, mm, but nope, nation shows up yet again. Everybody's uh, all about them flapjacks or whatever people eat. Well, I honestly, I think I think it's, you know, and we're in and, and the brunch parties are family friendly too. Yep. So it's, I think it just, you just reduce all the barriers. So there's people that couldn't come that now can come in that time of day. So that, you know, they're not fighting with kids having to go to bed and stuff. Like it was, there was probably 200 people there for the game when I was just like blown away. Like it was super cool. And then we greased out the win. The vibe was great. There was nation gear everywhere. Everybody was in a great mood. Dan did a great job getting the the whole place cheering and cool. fired yeah. up. And Dan's Dan's Dan finding was great. Dan, Dan's finding his uh, his mojo. As we do more of these events, you know, we're gonna keep tweaking, trying to get better. And Dan's like really figuring out how to get the crowd going. It was good. I just find it super impressive how the community around the website just always comes forth and it's crazy, man, to everything that we want to do. And so grateful for everybody. Grateful like Zach Stortini's grateful to half the NHL for his development. Exactly. Well, like he should that. be. He played 860 games. So I thought he was very, him. very nice. I thought I was very impressed by Zach Stortini. No, no, he spoke well. He, he Like I said, he, obviously, he's a, he's a big, like, he still loves the game, which I have got a lot of respect for. A lot of these guys, especially fighters, get like, you know, especially in the last, like, get few jaded. years. Yeah, well, exactly, right? Because they're tired of having to play that role and whatnot. They, they, they leave <laughs> hockey being like, just, I never want to see skates and stick a stick again. And he just he's, he just can't get enough of it. And Couldn't man. remember one good story. <laughs> we'll get him back. How many day games? Well, we're gonna get him back. Well, and like I was thinking about sixty pro. That's about two seventy some NHL. He had two fifty seven in the NHL. But like what I was looking at as I was putting his stats together was eighty one fights in the NHL, hundred and forty in the AHL. Those yeah. are hard games, man. Oh, hard yeah. games. That's hard to be making between 70 and what 120k a year and be fighting that much. That is not easy work. That's for love of the and game. And do friend. it in 160 matches. Like that's mm-hmm. that like good that's that's a hard career but like yeah. good on him, man. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for another episode of Nation Real Life. Shout out to Mary Browns for hooking us up with a Mary Browns pop-in for their bite-sized morsels of 100% breast meat, chicken coated in Mary seasoning. It's served hot, it's served crispy, it's served oh so yummy and some more love. To Jappa. Don't forget to check them out at jappaequipment.com. You can find them on Twitter and the Instagram as well. So shout out to all of our sponsors. They make a great shout out to Zach Stortini from the Sudbury Wolves. He was a fantastic interview. And shout out to you for tuning in. Episode 146 of Nation Real Life is over. Please like and subscribe. 
The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.